Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Something extraordinary was revealed today. Former high-level officials and scientists with deep black experience who have always remained in the shadows come forward on one platform. These insiders have long-standing connections to government agencies which may have programs investigating unidentified aerial phenomena. The team includes a 25-year veteran of the CIA's Directorate of Operations, a Lockheed Martin Program Director of Advanced Systems, at Skunk Works, and a former Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence. Today marked the official launch to STARS Academies of Arts and Science, that's T-T-S-A-A-S, an innovative public benefit corporation which will advance research in unexplained phenomena and develop related technology. It has established three synergistic divisions, science, aerospace, and entertainment. We believe there are discoveries within our team that will revolutionize the human experience, says company president and CEO Tom DeLong. This was released yesterday for background on today's announcement, which was live-streamed and is archived on their website, of course. Mark Twain said the two most important days in our life are the day that we are born and the day we find out why. According to a TT. S-A-A-S statement to members who have been operating under the shadows of the top secrecy for decades believe that there is sufficient credible evidence of UAP that proves exotic technologies exist that could revolutionize the human experience. The idea of a secret alien race steering the world was highlighted in the UFO Science and Consciousness Conference heard in Johannesburg. This conference held in South Africa featured a number of speakers, Laura Eisenhower talking on mind control, UFOs, the New World Order, and the Illuminati, to James Gilliland and his speech on extraterrestrial contact. One of the most interesting talks given by Michael Tellinger, he spoke on the subject of the battle for Earth by dark forces. He wanted to explain his idea of the governments of the world being puppets and instruments in a plan to implement the will of a small group of individuals over the world's population. According to the events organizer, the royal political bloodlines reach back over thousands of years, and these bloodlines can be traced back to the earliest days of civilization. He proposed that the first members of these new powerful families had contact with extraterrestrials here on our planet. Taking a swipe at the host nation, he said that South African government was one of the most important puppets of this hidden extraterrestrials group. The reason South Africa plays such an important part in the plan is down to the large mineral wealth found on the continent, the country being rich in gold and diamonds, for example. 
All the speakers at this conference agreed that, like humans, who had the potential of being both good and bad, this also applies to the population of intergalactic beings. These groups of ETs can be compared to the human politicians who push their own agenda for their own political gain. Another really crazy encounter I had one time dealt with uh, an evening after moving into our new home. It uh, was a wooded area across the hillside, shrouded in fog, and I'm taking one of our dogs out to go to her, do her evening leisurely stroll and bathroom duty. And as I'm walking up on the bank, I look over that hillside area and see six really long, bright strands of light. Um, there was space in between each bright light, but it, it was long, looked almost the length of a football field, and it was just hovering there. And as I walked closer over that, close to that hillside, I looked further into the fog and uh, realized that there's nothing around it, nothing above or below it. The fog has completely shrouded that bank, that hillside, and those lights are emitting from it. So I run back to the house tell my wife what I saw, explain to her that I think the mothership is here. She casually rolled her eyes and said, it's probably just a bunch of street lights. I insisted that she walk out with me and take a look at this thing as well. So we go back to the place where I saw it in the beginning. And as we stand over the hillside, I was all prepared to shout at the top of my lungs to everyone who was watching or who could hear basically see I told you they are here they've always been here but as the fog started to dissipate you could clearly see on that hillside that those bright lights that were appeared to be interconnected with one another uh, almost on a vessel or whatnot uh, were in fact just giant uh, security lights adjoined to these houses that were along a strip on the top of that hill so uh it was a humbling experience. Uh, it was a real rush to begin with, but in the end, I realized that not everything you see is an unidentified flying object. In fact, those objects were not flying. They were connected to very tall light posts. So in the end, kind of laughed it off. It was a very Mulder and Scully from the X-Files moment for me. Uh, Scully, of course, my wife being her, uh, the one that keeps me from chasing the moon. Thank God I've got her as my voice of reason. So that concludes our show for this week. I hope you enjoyed the brief storytelling and relaying of pretty neat current events, strange news. Next week, I'll have more to discuss and possibly a reading from one of the stories that I've written from one of the books that I've had published. That's all. Bits of famous lost flying saucer turn up in the British Science Museum. Pieces of a 15-year-old English flying saucer have turned up in the London Science Museum archive, as the BBC reported on February 9, 2019. David Clark, a journalist lecturer at Sheffield Hallam University, examined the metal shards and determined that they came from the famous 18-inch metal saucer. The object captivated the UK press 
1957 after it turned up in Silpho Moor near Scarsboro, Yorkshire, England. Then, after being chopped up into bits for examination, it gradually disappeared in the intervening decades. Three men originally discovered the object in the moor. The Yorkshire Post reported on February 8th, just three weeks after Russia launched Sputnik, the first satellite of the Earth created by humans. As the Post reported, its copper bottom was covered in hieroglyphs, very much like the saucer discovered in Roswell with hieroglyphics, New Mexico a decade earlier. The Silpho Moore saucer has also contained a small book, a post reported covered in more hieroglyphics, with a Scorsboro cafe owner claimed to decipher as a warning from an alien named Ulo about atomic war. You will improve or disappear. Still now, the Science Museum archivists have learned the cultural significance of the rediscovered shards. The BBC reported they might put them on display as a record of that strange moment in British history. And now a word from our sponsor. Paranormal. The word paranormal denotes experiences that are outside the norm and beyond scientific explanation. Even so, these events from supernatural phenomena to extrasensory perception to ghosts, aliens, and UFOs take on a life of their own in pop culture. That's where live science comes in. The reporters dig into the latest paranormal news to debunk and even explain the science of what's really causing these seemingly supernatural. Related topics to this, that being aliens, religion, life's little mysteries, so on and so forth. Live science is an excellent resource to go through. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction, are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the internet. Canadian witness encounters UFO hovering over roadway. A Canadian witness at Abbotsford, British Columbia reported an object hovering over the roadway about the width of Tulane Road. According to testimony in case 90803 from the Mutual UFO MUFON witness reporting database, the witness was driving down a poorly lit road at 8.40 p.m already dark on March 15, 2018. I had another person with me at the time, the witness stated. At first, I didn't really pay much attention to the craft, as I assumed it was an airplane in a distance. I started taking more notice as I continued driving, as the aircraft seemed to be quite low, and what seemed to be slow moving. However, as I neared the aircraft, it was not moving at all. It was hovering in one spot directly over the road, it was hovering in one spot, probably above the power lines, as far as the distance appeared to them. I kept driving, but I slowed down as I was driving under it, directly under it. 
I told my companion that this is no plane. The witness described the object. It was a black color with lights, lights flashing like an airplane, as that was the deception in the start. The the deception in the start. It was loud sounding as I passed under it, like a loud engine. It was a longish kind of shape and width, and was about the same size as the width of the road, double lanes that is. It had some kind of strips of material fluttering off of it. It was not a drone. I drove under it, but to be honest, I was tripping out a little bit at the moment, as normally I was very skeptical of this type of thing. I drove up to the next street crossing, approximately a city block and a half, and did a U-turn as I was going to take pictures or video of this. I sped back down the road, but as I neared it again, it left. It just seemed to look like any other lights in the sky within seconds. I don't know for sure what it was. When I was under it, it was really the only time I could hear its engine. I couldn't hear what it sounded like when it took off as I was speeding back toward it to take some pictures. All that I could really hear was my own engine speeding back towards it. I don't know what it was, but it was not a drone or an airplane. Canadian MUFON field investigator Carl Peterson closed this case as an unknown aerial vehicle. India's military claim photos are footprints of the mysterious and mythical Yeti. The military members found the tracks near a base camp. Because the tracks have been seen by such a large number of soldiers, they then tweeted the image out of to their some 6 million followers, sparking both interest and ridicule. The Yeti is a creature said to be related to North America's Sasquatch, also known as Bigfoot. The footprints of the mythical beast are measuring up to 32 by 15 inches close to the Makalu base camp on the 9th of April 2019. This elusive snowman has only been sighted at Makalu Baron National Park in the past. Samples of items found long ago in the Himalayan mountains have been tested with one item found to be a finger bone of a normal human and some hair turned out to be from an extinct polar bear. A majority of people believe they have seen a ghost, poll claims. Three in five people have said that they have seen a ghost in their lifetime, according to this new poll. A survey of 2,000 people found most believed they had a supernatural experience, with 40% saying they thought their pet had had one as well. One in three had either lived or stayed in a house they felt was haunted. When confronted with a ghost, men were twice as likely as women to scream and run away, while other initial responses included crying, hiding, and fainting. We know from experience that year after year, people love to be scared and seek out as many frightful opportunities as possible. If something scary isn't for you or your children, carving a pumpkin, visiting an apple orchard, or going on a hayride can also be great ways to celebrate the paranormal. 
Survey also identified other fears that give us the shivers, such as snakes, spiders, sharks, and drowning, heights, public speaking, failure, bees, cramped spaces, and rejection. Even though snakes ranked higher than bees on the list of fears by a more than two to one margin, most respondents said they would rather have snakes slither all over them than to be surrounded by a swarm of bees. U.S. Navy pilots reportedly spotted UFOs over the East Coast. According to new reports, some U.S. Navy pilots reported seeing these unidentified flying objects while training over the East Coast in 2014 and 2015. In interviews with the New York Times, according to the Times, multiple Navy pilots spotted strange objects with no visible engine, reaching 30,000 feet and going in hypersonic speeds. The Times reports includes a minute-long video of two encounters Navy pilots allegedly had with the unexplained aerial phenomena. In the videos, which include visual radar and voice recordings, pilots cannot distinguish what it is seen on their radar screens. At one point, one of the pilots says in amazement, Look at that thing. It's rotating. These things would be out there all day, Lieutenant Ryan Graves, an F- a-18 Super Hornet pilot and 10-year Navy veteran told the Times, Keeping an aircraft in the air requires a significant amount of energy. With the speeds we observe, 12 hours in all is 11 hours longer than we would expect. Josh Gratisher, a Navy spokesperson, told the newspaper that the U.S. Navy doesn't have all the answers for the observations made by Lieutenant Graves and many, many others. There were a number of different reports, Gratisher said. Some cases could have been commercial drones, he said. But in other cases, we don't know who's doing this. We don't have enough data to track this. So the intent of the message to fleet is to provide updated guidance on reported procedures for suspected intrusions into our airspace. According to the Times, the Navy recently set out new classified guidance for how to report unexplained aerial phenomena. According to the report, the pilots who reported the aerial phenomena speculated that the objects were part of some classified and extremely advanced drone program. And in another instance, one pilot told Lieutenant Graves that he almost hit one of those things and that he described it as looking like a sphere encasing a cube. Lieutenant Graves and his fellow pilots told the newspaper that the video showed objects accelerating to hypersonic speed, making sudden stops and instantaneous turns, something beyond the physical limits of a human crew. CBS has previously reported on a little-known Pentagon program with a budget of about $22 million, one that investigated unidentified flying objects before the Defense Department ended it in 2012. While the Defense Department says it ended the Advanced Aviation Threat Identification Program in 2012 over funding issues, a Pentagon spokeswoman said the Department of Defense takes seriously all threats and potential threats to our people, our assets, and our mission, and takes action whenever credible information is developed. Last year, two airline pilots claimed an unidentified flying object flew over top of their planes at an altitude of 30,000 feet in Arizona. According to the radio logs, two separate pilots of the leather jet operated by Phoenix Air 
an American Airlines flight saw the object flying in the opposite direction of their own planes. The New American Religion of UFOs Belief in aliens is like faith in religion and may come to replace it, according to some. Last week, the New York Times published a viral article about reports of UFOs off the coast in 2014 and 2015 and included an interview with five Navy pilots who witnessed and in some cases recorded mysterious flying objects with no visible engine or infrared exhaust plumes that appeared to reach 30,000 feet and hypersonic speeds. No one is quite sure what they saw, but the sightings are striking and they're part of a growing fascination with the possibility of intelligent alien life. According to Diana Pascula, a professor at the University of North Carolina and author of the new book, American Cosmic, belief in UFOs and extraterrestrials is becoming a kind of religion, she says, and it isn't nearly as fringe as you might think. More than half of American adults and over 60% of young Americans believe in intelligent extraterrestrial life. This tracks pretty closely with the belief in God, she says. And if Pascula is right, that's not an accident. Her book isn't so much about the truth of UFOs or aliens, it is about what the appeal of belief in those things says about our culture and the shifting roles of religion and technology in it. On the surface, it's a book about the popularity of belief in aliens, but it's really a deep look at how myths and religions are created in the first place and how human beings deal with unexplainable experiences. A lightly edited transcript of the conversation with Pascula follows. Uh, you describe belief in UFOs and aliens as the latest manifestation of a very old impulse, a religious impulse. What is it about extraterrestrials that captivates so many people? Pascula goes on to say, one way we can make sense of this by using a very old but functional definition of religion as simply the belief in non-human and supernatural intelligent beings that often descend from the sky. There are many definitions of religion, but this one is pretty standard. There is another distinction about belief in non-human extraterrestrial intelligence or UFO inhabitants that makes it distinct from the types of religions with which we are most familiar. Um, a historian of Catholicism, for instance, would say uh, what they find when they interact with people in Catholic communities is that they have faith that Jesus walked on water and that the Virgin Mary uh, apparitions were true. But there's some uh, something very different about the UFO narrative. Here we have people who are actual scientists like Ellen Stolfen, the former chief scientist at NASA, uh, they are, uh, this person's willing to go on TV and basically make announcements like, we are going to find extraterrestrial life. Now she's not exactly uh, talking about the intelligent extraterrestrial life, but that's not how many people interpret her anyway. She says that they're going to find life. They're going to find inhabitable planets and things like that. But So that gives this type of religious religiosity a far more powerful bite than the traditional religions which are based on faith and things unseen and unfound but the belief that ufos and aliens are potentially true and could potentially be proven makes this a uniquely powerful narrative for the people who believe in it it is fair to call this new form of religion uh, a religion i i would say so 
Uh, there are two incredible modern scientists, such as Alan Hynek and Joaquiz Valil, who reviewed the idea. Hynek passed away in 1986, but he actually, uh, the star character in the History Channel show Project Blue Book. Valil is still here, and he's an astronomer and a computer scientist who worked on Arpanet, which was a military precursor to the Internet. Basically, Hynek and Valil called themselves the Invisible College. Once they started to believe the things they were investigating were somehow either extraterrestrial or interdimensional, they were part of a group of scientists that were known to each other but were not known to the general public who quietly pursued the research of their own time. So once uh, you start engaging with uh, these scientists who are doing this type of work, who believe in the reality of extraterrestrial intelligence, who believe they were reverse engineering technology from what they insisted was alien aircraft, it, it would be stunning for all of us to bear witness to this and probably cause some sort of a cataclysmic event where people are often shooting each other, religions are battling other religions for supremacy, and if we all of a sudden have a mothership appear out of the sky, out of nowhere, you're going to have all of these gun-crazy Americans or those from other countries that are gun-crazy uh, popping off rounds at the unknown and possibly creating an interstellar war. That's something that we don't really need to see in our lifetime, or any lifetime for that matter. Oh, sick. We're talking to Neil Parks. He just haunted us with his presence. And you brought us a present. You brought us haunted holidays just in time for the holidays. Welcome back to the show, man. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, it's good to yeah. see you pull that real close. To I you keep now. forgetting about the microphone thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just a little part of the job. A little hindrance there. So uh, how you been? Oh, I've been terrific. A um, little overworked and underappreciated, but that's just life. So our son blew through your book, man. He, he was all about it. Oh, that's great to hear. I, yeah. I love entertaining kids in that avenue. What book was that? Uh, Haunted Enough. Enough. Okay, yeah. He loved that one. So this one is different. So how many books do you have? I have four. Sweet. And so this time, uh, Randy uh, had some specific questions for you. And, I do. Uh, namely, one of the places uh, here locally. All right, so have you heard of the Red Brick Tavern? A Red Brick Tavern, I have heard of that, yes. Uh, that was one that I was uh, looking into and researching just recently after we had our first show together. Uh, really interested in checking that one out. Okay, uh, so here is the cool part about it. It was built in 1836, so it is incredibly old. It was a tavern. It was a school. It was a private house, and now it is a restaurant. Is a restaurant that has seen six different presidents roll through that restaurant, and they have a steak. Their signature dish is a steak named after the six presidents that have visited. John Quincy Adams, Martin Van Buren, William Henry Harrison, uh, John Tyler, Zachary Taylor, and Warren G. Harding. Harding. Yeah, all of them have been there. Upstairs. Uh, imagine uh, ordering that. I mean, if you're I like a new waiter and you don't have the thing to write everything down, you got to remember the president's in order. And then when you're with someone else, you'd be like, well, I'll take what he's having. Hopefully, you don't have to order all the presidents. Hopefully, it's just like, I'll take the six steak, right? The <laughs> so six what kind presidents. Of, what kind of presents is felt in there? I'm sorry? Like, what kind of presence is oh, felt in the restaurant? Once again, the microphone thing. Uh, there's supposedly a female ghost in the upstairs area, from what I've uh, been told and from what I've gathered myself by Was reading like a about patron? the room. Um, I, I think uh, when it was the school, she used to work there. Okay, I see. So she committed suicide. 
That's the rumor. Yeah, it was over a lover, a lover like backstabbed her or something, a lover's quarrel. And so she committed suicide. And before she committed suicide, she embroidered like a little piece of art that said, remember me. Mm-hmm. And she hasn't left. And she's in the upstairs part of the restaurant. So if you go and order a steak, I want to go for the steak, to be honest. <laughs> I'm like, man, there's a steak named after six presidents. It's it's 18 minutes from right here, but it's in uh, London, Ohio, mm-hmm. on Cumberland Street, Red Brick Tavern. I don't know if anyone listening has been there. But uh, they said that you can see her looking out of the upstairs windows, not the downstairs one, but the upstairs windows. And people underneath the restaurant, like they're on the first floor, they hear the footsteps walking around above them. Mm-hmm. If no one's up there, like the cleaning staff, they know they've already cleaned the front, the top, I mean. They'll come down the finish and they hear them. And they say you can tell the difference between the footsteps because normally if Why? it's a man, uh, a male figure, whether it be alive or um, metaphysical, you, you get a heavier sound, more of a thud, but you can tell a, fe- a delicate female step in comparison from what they've said. Like gl- so you, you she know glides. it's lightweight. <laughs> wow. And, I- and the suicide story is funny considering that, not that it's funny to commit suicide, but the, um, what is the other one? The elevator, sort of the yes. same story. Uh, suicide, uh, I mean murder by um, uh, a lover's quarrel and... It allegedly happened in the winter, which is why footsteps keep showing up in the snow around the elevator itself. Not the elevator shaft, but the And this the is the short north right here. Yeah. The elevator brewery in Draught House. And even if you go to you know their website, they talk about it. They said uh, ghosts and spirits, they surround this historic building. I guess it was built in 1897 by the Bott family to house the Bott Brothers Billiards and Gentlemen's Saloon. And during this, they built... A Philippine, a hand-split Philippine mahogany bar. And it was so beautiful that it won an 1893 World Columbian Exposition in Chicago. Oh, I like a see war. This bar. Isn't that crazy? It's right yeah, here in the short cool. north. This bar is supposed to be exquisite. And um, it's haunted. Haunted AF. All right? <laughs> there, there are snow prints, like you said, leaving the bar when it's a fresh snow. Mm-hmm. So when it's a fresh snow. But how would you know unless it was closed? You know what I mean? You'd have to be there at the right time to be like, no one's been here or locked up in a few hours. And there are fresh prints. And they kind of go to nowhere at that point. They show up and it doesn't yeah. continue on. Oh, wow. So somebody uh, was texting in that I guess they're a hairdresser. And they were saying that the owner, the red brick, comes in to get their hair done. And they say that uh, he has seen the little girl. Oh, the red brick. Oh, yeah. yeah the girl who. <laughs> yeah. That's kind of scary. That is scary. I would, why, are, why, why are kid ghosts scarier than yeah. <laughs> what appears to be an adult ghost? I mean, that is a serious question for you. Well, as psychologically, it would be more disturbing to see a child ghost because you think of them as being innocent and automatically passing on yeah. to uh, the next realm without any question. But Like the two little shining girls. Yes, hand in hand. <laughs> yeah, what is it? As you like, amp why would they kids? be trapped in there? Yeah, the more kids and the more they hold yes. hands and wear the same thing, the more... Mm-hmm. Why is it that? On the feel, Rosie. Yeah, I feel that fight or flight scenario happening. Yes. I'm like, man, I might have to fight two little girls. This is going to look terrible <laughs> if I'm wrong. And then there's the the whole legend uh, that started in Native American times. Yeah. With oh my god, I love your cup, by the way. Um, I think it says it has actually. Uh, it's like my coffee cup, and it says "Get in, loser," and it's a UFO. <laughs> it started in the Native American times where uh, black-eyed children would come up, and yes. they're not. Oh yeah, what is that? Representative about? of a human spirit. They're, they're a hostile entity, and they take the form of a child to gain your trust. 
and once they enter your domicile, they wreak havoc. Now they don't like they don't possess you they just scratch at you or they'll knock things over they'll show up in your mirror they cause it to break they it's like an urban book. legend yeah yeah very very much an urban wow. legend but it, it stretches back hundreds and hundreds of years it's not just something that popped up since the dawn of the internet so yeah like paranormal creatures that resemble children between the ages of 6 and 16 with oh. pale skin and black eyes oh. yeah why do you have to be so damn scary <laughs> oh and they're always hitchhiking or panhandling Oh, yeah, like a dark night. Well, you're they going come to your door. And Zero bro. kids should be out by themselves at that time. Yeah, yeah like who's hitchhiking? Like, <laughs> a not demon a child. People, demon child. If you go back to the elevator, which is in the short north, um, the clock remains at ten o five, and no one, no one changes it. It just changed hands many times, but they keep the clock the same because that's when the clock stopped when the colonel died at ten o five inside that bar, and so it, it's an infamous clock that isn't that they don't change that's pretty wild bold statement he was stabbed outside the bar by an ex-lover all right we Mm. do have a lot of texts coming in we're going to get to these uh neil is in the studio once again things that go bump in the night some things you can explain some you cannot and when you cannot neil perks (laughs) up and gets real excited man You, you are an author of four books you that's, said right, yeah, four books. That's right, yes. And uh, the latest book is called. Uh, the latest one is called "Haunted Enough" with a question mark at the end, kind of a, a play on a title. Uh, the one I just handed to you today, I autographed as well as a special thank you. Um, it's "Haunted Holidays," which I wrote in 2012, and it received a literary award in 2014. Right, dude. And uh, also has won um, accolades and uh, paranormal awards. Uh, one of which was in New England. Uh, oh wow! I, I got a nice little trophy. For that it's on the back of the book and uh, when you see my picture it's a major cheese oh, cheese yeah. image with the trophy i see that cheese. <laughs> cheesing it up all right cool well uh we do have some people that are texting in randy did, did you want to read some texts um yeah uh, we, we had a guy i'm sorry um i believe it's a guy uh that texted in and said that they were out felt somebody following them looked back and it was a half-faced figure and they got a picture of this said figure sitting in a car like what what kind of what kind of ghost is that or so to speak what what kind of paranormal activity would you experience with something like that a half-faced figure i'd i would like to know more about what this figure was wearing was it uh, the traditional black garb with a black tie and it could be potentially a man in black uh, or it could be like, some- like will smith Men in Black. <laughs> Got the Man in Black. Not the Hollywood version. No, the, this is the version in the early days of uh, UFOlogy when uh, the dawn of UFO sightings were popping up. People were talking about it, Roswell incident and so forth. They were talking about it and showing up in droves, and all of these men in government vehicles, normally black Lincoln town cars, would show up dressed in black suits, fedora hats, and they would be kind of odd looking almost like plastic skin gray skin pale and they would intimidate the people who were uh the ones claiming to have cited these things and would um tell them not to talk about it they would pressure them they would threaten them and then intimidate them and then just disappear as quickly as they showed up man what do you want everybody think you're crazy <laughs> talking about men in the black and the dark we have sarah online too she said she has a haunting uh I want to say at Blockbuster when she used to Uh-oh. work there. It's not now. Obviously, Wait they're shut down. Do you have That's a haunting at Blockbuster? Yes. Oh uh, there goodness. was a haunted Blockbuster that I used to work at back in the uh, the early 2000s. You said it's Wilson and... 
Uh, Wilson and uh, West Broad Street. What if it's just a really good employee that's just waiting for like one movie to come back? And <laughs> they're just not going to leave until you get it back. What would happen? Well, um, well, back in the day, I mean, this would have been like in 2002, 2003, um, we would see faces in the uh, the plate glass window, and no matter how many times we would wash it inside or out, the face never disappeared. Uh, the uh, what? security walls that would tell when people were shoplifting, those would go off at random times when nobody else except for staff would be in the building. Um, there was one instance where I was back in the one of the back storerooms breaking down VHS boxes, which that tells you again how old it is. Um, that, Be kind, uh, I went back into the uh, the main part of the store, and then when I went back, uh, the boxes were strewn everywhere. Everything that I had just boxed up uh, had been completely oh tossed all over the room. See, I wouldn't even know if I had ghosts because I have so many kids. They mess <laughs> up everything, so I'm like... It's like we have ghosts anyway. Yeah. What is that blockbuster now? Uh, it's a mattress store now. I wonder it's if they've experienced the, uh, it. Number one Euro shop. Wow. Mm. No. So two businesses took place in that now. Well, you know what um, was there before? Uh, when you worked there, do you have any idea what was there before it was a blockbuster? I have no idea what it was before it was a blockbuster. Uh, I mean, that strip mall's been there since I was a small child. So Okay, so it's in a strip mall. It's not a standalone. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, there's a little uh, strip building. It's right across the street from the uh, the Kroger's and McDonald's over on uh, Saldano Boulevard. God, I'd love to know more about. I would too, was, right? Yeah, I'm like, let's go get the mattress shop. Let's get the schematics <laughs> layouts yeah, of, of what the when, property was. Um, when the store actually closed down, I kind of went back to pay my respects, and the face was gone. Oh wow, hmm. that is yeah. crazy. I mean, we we had joked around and, and kind of given it a name. We named him uh, Phantom Dennis. What if it was like the ring and it followed a movie? So wherever this movie, whoever bought the movie, it went with it. Ooh, that would have been trippy. Like the ring, <laughs> like an attachment to a returned video from yeah. someone else. Yeah, like yeah, it got caught in there. <laughs> hey, thank you so much for your call. Thank you. You guys have a great day. All right, yeah, you too, Neil. Now you're going to come back one more time, right? Before the whole Halloween spectacular. So if people want to. Uh, Get their crap, their questions ready. Is it uh, what uh, the week after next? Uh, it'll be the thirtieth if you'll still have me. Yeah, well, I'm just trying to think because we have so many weeks in October. It's like just yeah. when you think, hey, it's just two weeks until so many Halloween. more pay periods. Yeah. I know, I know, it's just <laughs> raking in the cash in October. I just we, never want it to end. We should have like an event because every listener has a story. Like Rachel, I had something cold grab my foot every night for three weeks. Only three weeks, around two thirty in the morning. Well, I think we really have there. gotten to ask a lot of questions the last this time and, and the first time that he was in. I think yes. the next time we go full listener control, let them take over and like ask whatever they want. They can call in, they can text in. But if you want to email, uh, get your emails in loper at theblitz dot com, and we'll pass them along when uh, Neil is here next. If they want to follow you on social media and like you know buy your book and get on your website and kind of check out what you're doing and where you may be around town, how do they find you? Oh, well, uh, you can get onto Facebook and look up uh, Neil Parks, uh, award-winning author. You can also look up Parks Paranormal. Uh, that is the, the team name that I work under because uh, uh, I'm such an egomaniac. That's why I have Parks in that as well. <laughs> and I have a Facebook page for each one of my books. So th- those are the best ways to reach me. And our son, Jaden, absolutely loved the book, man. I mean, you know, he uh, How Haunted. 
he just uh, he thought that was fantastic. So when we take this one home today, he's going to be pleasantly surprised, sir. I'm glad to hear that I brought some uh, Christmas joy to him early in the year. Yeah, man. He's spreading <laughs> the word around uh, the high school, so people at Jerome are going to know all about you, man. You be... need to meet up with half these listeners because you could write another book. I'm telling <laughs> yeah. you, these things coming in right now, I'm, I'm lucky I get to read all of them. Thank you. <laughs> it is cool. And that's all the time we have for today. Tune in next time for more in-depth information, bizarre stories, really weird out-of-this-world current events, and information on where I'll be, what I'm up to, what I plan to do next, what I'm currently writing, and the status of my latest book. Thank you.